and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Prince Charles to my Queen Elizabeth. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. I'm, I'm looking forward to the bank holiday weekend. We've got a few plans ourselves, haven't we? And uh, and of course, it's yeah, it's an extra extra day, which is always a bonus. Yeah, well, we're going off on a stag do to Dublin, aren't we? Which is yeah, lads, promising lads, lads. to be interesting. <laughs> lads, lads, yes. lads. As, yes, it, it will. as the famous quote goes. <laughs> um, I'm a bit worried about the current situation at the airports, but I suppose that won't be an issue until we're actually there, will it? But uh, uh, Justin, <laughs> looking forward to the Jubilee weekend. Are you a, much of a royalist yourself? I can't say I care at all, to be honest with you. Um I they don't they don't do anything for me. I'm not one of those um, avid Republicans where they completely hate the royals, um, but I do question why they get so much money for such little return. I'm a businessman. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm I'm partial. I don't really have an opinion on them, to be quite honest. Um, but I do think it is weird that when Prince Charles does take over, like everything will change like the national anthem for example i imagine everyone Just who listens word. to this podcast well it's the main part of the chorus isn't it everyone who listens to this now has probably been singing god save the queen for the whole lives and it's going to be god save the king before too oh, long. i'm d- devastating uh, my and heart bleeds money will change it'll be prince charles's face plastered all over it instead a lot will change ink- justin what an inconvenience. Cash. Ugh. God. I'm not saying it's, it's about... inconvenient. I'm it's just all... saying it's going to be weird. It's all contactless now, right? No one, get... no one cares about cash. No one cares about cash. No one cares about faces. And no one cares about royalty on this podcast because we're only here to talk about <laughs> championship football, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the number one championship specific podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. What we're doing on the show today, ladies and gentlemen, is part one of a two-parter. We're going to go through all the championship teams who were in the championship last season, give them a grade for the season they've had, talk about where they need to strengthen over the summer, and then have early predictions about how they'll do in the championship next season of course it's only professional we've still got a whole summer's worth of recruitment before we can give our solid predictions but it's just a bit of fun guys who who cares um, but before we get underway let me tell you listener about our friends at FansBet, the fan-led sports betting company committed to supporting charities and causes which are important to fans do check them out by clicking the link in the description of the podcast and claim your 200 percent sports deposit bonus of up to 200 pounds terms of Restrictions apply. Full details on site. 18 plus. Please do gamble responsibly. Visit pgambleware.org for more info and do also, do also check out Fansbet Responsible Gambling Tools. So obviously to say it's going to be a two-parter this kind of show. Um, so today we're going to be doing Barnsley to Hull. So the first half of the uh, alphabet teams. Um, so we'll start off with Barnsley, Sir, with Justin. Uh, first off, what grade are you giving them? It's an easy one, isn't it? It's an easy start. It's, it's a bit of a home room with Barnsley. It's, I mean, what can you give them? An F? An E? What? It, it's, it's a really big low. fat F from Yeah. Me. I don't think we can really give them anything else, can we, Justin? There's no. not been any real positives from Barnsley this season, have there? You're spot on. They've won six games all season in a season where two teams 
above them suffer points deductions. I think it goes to show exactly what issues lie at Barnsley, both in the playing squad, um, management, and um, and and in the boardroom as well. It's it's just been a complete nightmare, um, and quite quite. The thing that makes it mo- more shocking is how good they were uh, in the previous season under Valer and Ishmael as well. But yeah, big big fat F. Can't see them bouncing back straight away. I think they've got a lot of surgery to do to their team as well. But really poor season. I really do feel for Barnsley fans. A lot of off-field issues as well with the ground as well, which has not been no. a t- nice tonic either. It's been terrible. It has been an atrocious season, hasn't it? And it makes it even more bitter when you consider, as you say, they did get into the playoffs last season. Any team who finishes below a side who had a 21-point deduction has had a terrible season, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah. it... it I don't think you can give anything other than an F for Barnsley. Um, looking ahead to next season, what needs to change? First off, they need to get a manager in charge, Justin. I completely forgot Barnsley still haven't got a manager yet. Completely yeah. passed me by. So that needs to be sorted out. Um, when you look at the squad, parts of it, I think, absolutely fine. In League One, you've got some very good players there. The likes of Carlton Marks, the likes of Coley Woodrow, Callum Styles. These are players who will be very good in League One. Um but then the rest of the squad is very League One. And that's the mm-hmm. bit that needs to be strengthened. So they need to sort out the behind-the-scenes stuff, the manager situation, before they can even look ahead to the actual playing squad and bouncing back at the first time of asking in League One. Because the way I'm sitting here right now, I struggle to see Barnsley getting back at the first time of asking. I think it'll be amazing if they did. I'd be very surprised if it did happen. And at the moment, I, I can't see them even finishing in the top six. No, I, I agree with you. As, as, as I mentioned, I think they need a lot of surgery to the squad. I'd say they need at least seven or eight players. Because if you compare their League One side when they went up under Daniel Stendhal to the one that they've got now, the disparity is huge. The likes of Kiefer Moore, Adam Davis, Liam Lindsay were all in that side um, that came up last time. I don't think they've got anywhere near that level of quality. And the quality that they do have is going to leave. Helix's going to leave. Anderson's going to get a move elsewhere. Corley Woodrow's probably going to leave as well. It's not going to be a nice summer, I think, for Barnsley fans. It's going to be a big transition this season. And the recruitment was so bad last summer that there's not much faith that they can do it again in terms of replacing those players, is there? Because no. that's the main reason why their season was just so terrible last year. The Behind the scenes got completely torn apart by people like Dane Murphy moving to Nottingham Forest. And then when they recruited players, I don't think they made a good signing last summer. And they made <laughs> quite a few signings as well. Mm. So, yeah, complete disaster at Barnsley last season. Can't see it being much better next season, unfortunately. Let's go to Birmingham City, Justin. What grade have you given them? It's another easy one, but um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd give them a, a D-. minus. Um, and, and the reason why is because, again... A lot of off-field issues, as we as we well know, um, and the season the seasons follow the same trend as it's followed for the last five or six seasons, where they they start pretty brightly, they do okay, and then they drop off a cliff. They completely drop off a cliff. Um, so it could have easily been a B had the season finished in November. Alas, that is not how football works. Um, and they are sat languishing once again in twentieth, wondering what's going to happen over the summer. I've gone for an E. I think you'll be well, quite generous giving them a D minus, to be honest, Justin, because when you think about it, they would have stayed up on goal difference had it not been for points deductions at Reading and Derby. Mm-hmm. So is it a season of progress? Absolutely not. They've gone no. backwards again and there wasn't much more backwards going they could have done from mm-hmm. the past season. So looking ahead to next season, what needs to happen this summer and where do you think they'll 
end up next season at the way things are going? There, there are so many question marks at Birmingham. It's ridiculous. Obviously, Lee Bowie's future isn't isn't confirmed in any sense. There was talk of him leaving, and now that's just gone completely quiet while their takeover um, gets sorted. But that takeover has now gone completely quiet. The ground's still half open. Um, and Craig Gardner is still in charge of transfers along with the, the current regime that runs the club. Uh, Birmingham are in trouble next season. Um, it's as easy as that. And Lee Bowie has gone on to say um, recently, I think it was on Talk Sport a couple of weeks ago, budget's going to be cut again. Now, Birmingham finished 20th place. It doesn't take a genius to work out if they cut the budget even more. Um, and like the Luton can show, can show you can compete higher, but their budget at the moment is a 20th place finish. They're going to cut that even more. I can't see them. I can't see them finishing above the bottom three. I'm afraid. And the big issue is they finished twentieth, but all their best players last season won loan. The likes of Riley McGree, Tav Chong, Sarkic, uh, Sanderson, all these players were Birmingham's bright sparks from last season, and they're not mm-hmm. going to be back next season. And you've got other players who have gone. The likes of Baylor, Pedersen. The squad is much weaker than a side that just stayed up by goal difference if it wasn't for points deductions last season. So the fact that there isn't going to be much of a budget for them to strengthen is extremely worrying. So they need to sort out this takeover. The longer this takeover gets dragged on, the less likely it is that Birmingham City are going to stay up next season because the manager's situation still hasn't been sorted out. And that needs to be sorted out before they can even start looking at players. So Mm -hmm. there's a huge job that needs doing at Birmingham this summer, but as we say, if this takeover doesn't get sorted out, then there's going to be less room for, for manoeuvre to actually do that job. So yeah, Birmingham are in a right pickle right now. And also, adding into that, you look at the teams who have come up. Sunderland, for example, are such a big club with more resources than your average side who's just come up from League One. Yeah. So it's difficult to see them... Um, you know, being definitely in a relegation battle next season. Mm-hmm. Rather than Wigan, I reckon probably will be in a relegation battle, but I think they'll be quite strong still. So right now I'm looking at Birmingham City and if I had to make a, a very early league table prediction, I'd probably put Birmingham in my bottom three just because of yeah. the amount of work that needs to be done there. Let's go to Blackburn, Justin. What grade have you given them? It's such a hard one with Blackburn. Mm. The first two are easily, but I think I need to give them... I need to give them a B. And the reason why I'm going to give them a B is because they've defied my expectations this season. I expected them to finish in and around lower mid-table. I didn't expect them to be even competing to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, obviously, this season was disappointing because they were in a really good position come the end of January. And unfortunately, they finished outside of the playoffs. Um, but nonetheless, I think it was still a positive season. When you consider the fact that Adam Armstrong moved on, that money was not reinvested into the squad players had to step up and Tony Mowbray got a lot out of that team I think an eighth place finish um, and to be more of a shout with the playoffs within a game or two to go I think that's still a good season um, you completely completely ignore the disappointment I still I still think it's a good season yeah I've gone for a B as well I think them challenging for the playoffs was the minimum expectation really wasn't it mm-hmm. um, and if it wasn't for you know, their form dropping off a cliff around March time, then they would have been closer to the playoffs than they were. But I think B is a solid representation of their season. There's a lot that needs to happen this summer for them, though, isn't there? First of all, the manager situation. It's hard to really predict how Blackburn will do next season 
when we don't know who their manager is going to be. Darren Ferguson is it not Darren Ferguson? Duncan Ferguson. Oh, God. Oh my God. <laughs> Duncan Ferguson <laughs> is um, the man who's been talked about recently as going there because Daniel Falk has been ruled out now, uh, according mm-hmm. to local reports there. So Duncan Ferguson, interesting. Yeah. I'd I'd be happy to see how it works out. But the playing squad is the worrying bit, isn't it? Um, Daryl Lenahan, is he staying? Who knows at the moment? It's mm-hmm. all up in the air with his future. Joe Rothwell's gone. He was one of their key players like last season. Is Brereton Diaz going to stay? At the moment, I'd say unlikely. Um, and they they were Blackburn's three best players last season. So that's going to take a bit of patching over. And then you've just got other parts of the squad which could do with strengthening too. So, yeah, it's difficult to say where Blackburn are going to really end up next season, isn't it? And it's also mm-hmm. quite difficult to kind of lay out their expectations for next season. Yeah, you're spot on. I think um, I think they've they've got they've still got a very good squad capable of competing in the playoffs, even if you take out the likes of Lenehan uh, and Rothwell, and obviously Niambe's moving on potentially as well. His his contract situation not sorted, but I think those players are replaceable. Lenehan's probably the biggest one for me that is difficult to replace because of his form this season has been incredible. Um, I think he's he's one of those that were quite unfortunate not to get into any team of the season this season. Um, but I do think those players are replaceable. Um, obviously, you there think, are known players You think Brereton well. Diaz's goals are replaceable? I, I They've managed it every season so far. Um, I didn't think Adam Armstrong's goals were replaceable, but upstep Ben Brereton Diaz. Um, and if they get £15, £20 million pounds for him, that is the fee that has been coined. I think they, they, they can go out and find one or two players that can certainly um, pick up the slack uh, goal-wise. And obviously, Bradley Dack back, back in... Um, back to full fitness as well, which is a, a massive positive. So I still think Blackburn are capable of competing to get into the top six next season, even even without those players. Interesting. Let's go to Blackpool, Justin. What grade are you giving them? I've given them a B. Um, I'd, I'd, it probably would have been an A had they had their form not dropped off towards the end of the season. But I think how, if you go back to the start of the season and some of the things that we were saying about Blackpool and um, what we what we thought of them and, and where they'd end up, they've actually outperformed my expectations. Um, I know they finished lower mid table, but again, if you consider their budget, they've 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 done really well. And the type of football they've been playing, they've played good, solid defensive football at times, but they've also got some really exciting players that they've managed to get the best out of. Keshi Anderson was brilliant up until he got injured. CJ Hamilton stepped up and has been great. Josh Bowler has been a revelation. I think they just need a consistent goal scorer and a consistent centre-back pairing with Marvin Ekpateta and I think they can do really well next season. I've given them an A-. minus. I think ah. it, the reason I say that is because I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying in the time that we've been doing this podcast, Justin, Blackpool have got the highest place finish for any team who's been promoted from League One and I think to do it on their budget as well, marvellous achievement and we've been mm-hmm. you know, blowing the horn for Neil Critchley all season, haven't we? 16th place is a bloody good finish for Blackpool. Neil Critchley's done a sterling job and as long as they've got him in charge, I fancy them to just keep progressing. It's going to be difficult them um, kind of repeating the season they've had. I think I think for the expectations for Blackpool next season are just do better than they did last season. Consolidate. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, not, not consolidate, actually. I think just finish higher than 16th. It's going to be difficult because there are teams... Um, around them who have got bigger budgets than Blackpool but mm-hmm. when you've got the recruitment that they've shown they've got 
a quality manager in Neil Critchley. I don't see any reason why they can't. So, yeah, I think that's just the minimum expectation for Blackpool to try and do better again. Let's go to Bournemouth, Justin. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, what credit are you giving them? I look forward to you clipping this. Um, I've given them, I've actually given them a B. Um, I've given them a and, B as well. Okay. That, that, that's, we're on those right lines and we're on the same yeah. lines. Um, and I think they, they probably would have um, got an A had they have met expectations a lot sooner. I know Bournemouth fans will say, oh, we only finished a handful of points off Fulham. But actually, Fulham were miles ahead of Bournemouth up until the final few games where Bournemouth started to make up the points. Um, Fulham didn't really have a good title challenge. It was very easy for them to, to, to win the league this season. I think, I think it's fair to say Fulham took their foot off the gas pedal a bit towards the last few games of the season as well, didn't they? I, I think they were just rolling down the hill, to be honest with you. I think they were just enjoying themselves, to, to put it lightly. Um, and I think Scott Parker's style of football, I've, I've said everything I need to say about Scott Parker and his ability to get the best out of um, uh, his side. I don't think he's good enough. Um, I, I expected this Bournemouth to compete a lot more um, for, the, for the automatics this season than they did. And considering where they were in the first third of the season, for them to not... For, for, for Forrest, for example to be within a game of, of automatics, I think is, is, is a sad indictment as to how their form carried on throughout the season. Well, how are you thinking about them in the Premier League then, Justin? What do you think needs to happen over the summer? <laughs> Sorry for the silence, but it's I, I would remove Scott Parker, which is ridiculous. I knew you were going to say that. As soon as I saw you laugh, I thought, here we go, what's he going to say here? <laughs> because... The reason why is that they're going to spend a lot of money and, and fair enough, they, 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 they can do that. They've got the Premier League payments, etc. They're going to spend a lot of money. But I don't think you need to with that team. And you look at Sean Dyche, for example, and what he was able to do with a very limited budget of Burnley. I think that's something... Same with Eddie Howe, actually. Um, Eddie Howe, before um, before they started throwing money at, at, at uh, players, the, the budget was quite modest in the Premier League. They didn't spend ridiculous amounts. Um, so yeah I, I think they need a manager who can play a conservative style of football that will still get results and I don't think Scott Park is capable of that I think this current Bournemouth side is capable of staying up it so is I. just the manager isn't it but they're not going to get rid of Scott Parker that's just not no. going to happen is it um, so that's where my worries lie I think they need a centre half obviously Nat Phillips has been linked with a move back and that would be a sterling signing in itself I feel like they need something extra in the final third, like uh, if they had a Dan Juma, for example, that would obviously be amazing. But I feel like yeah. they're just lacking someone spark. who can provide a spark. Yeah, someone who mm-hmm. can do something out of nothing. Um, if they had that, then I'd be feeling a lot more confident. But unfortunately, right now, with Scott Parker in charge, I struggle to see Bournemouth staying up. And I'd have them penciled in as a, you know, a, in my bottom three if I were to make a Premier League prediction right now. Um so that's where I stand with them. Unless they have an absolute blinder in the market and Scott Parker has kind of a similar season to what he had with Fulham when they were in the Premier League, where they were actually all right, um, then I, I'm not I'm not completely confident about Bournemouth staying up at all next season. Final one then, Justin, just before the break, let's do Bristol City. What grade have you given them? Uh, I've given them a C. Um, it has been a disappointing season, but they haven't finished above where I thought they wouldn't have not finished below. I think they've met my expectation um, and they've done that in amongst um, a raft of 
Um, they've had, they have had injury problems, um, like every team has, but Bristol City have had have suffered as well. Um, and yeah, I just I just think they've met my expectation. And considering that they didn't really invest heavily like they have done in previous seasons in the summer, they they it really was a, a patchwork summer for them last year under Pearson. Um, in terms of transfers, I think they did okay. Um, they do need to improve massively if they're going to obviously rise at the table. Actually, no, defensively they need to improve massively because attack is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with their attack. Their attack is fantastic. Um, they've got one of the best attacking front threes in the division for me. Um, it's just defensively they're an absolute mess. I've given them a D and the reason I gave them that was because I think when we put them in our league table predictions around 17th, we might have even put them 17th, um, I would have said that was a disappointing season for Bristol City and they've just kind of just met those expectations, haven't they? So that's the reason I gave them a D. What needs to happen for them in the summer? They definitely need to sort out recruitments. They're obviously going to stick with Nigel Pearson, who I'm not convinced by, but their squad is very poor in places. I think they need a couple of midfielders, um, definitely. Um, someone just to solidify that because I Obviously, when you concede a lot of goals like Bristol City did last season, mm -hmm. you look at the defence and say that needs to be strengthened. But I think the midfield has a lot to answer yeah. for in itself. Wing-backs, I think, need to be strengthened as well. And I think they could do with another centre-half. It seemed like Pearson was swaying more towards a back three towards the end of the season. And Naismith is obviously a fantastic addition. Less said mm -hmm. about that, the better. Um, but Atkinson and Naismith, plus another centre-half, I think, is pretty sound for them. Um, that's where they need to strengthen. Striker-wise, can I see them being as productive as they were last season? Not too sure. Um, but where do I see Bristol City finishing next season? Probably around the same place that they are now, personally. I don't know about you, Justin. I'd, sorry, I'd put them in around mid-table. Um, and that's because I've got belief that Nigel Pearson will improve them. Um, this summer especially because I don't think it's just down to personnel because midfield wise Joe Williams Masenga um, there's Andy King or I don't know if he's been released there's Matt James as well it's not a bad it's not a bad midfield um, so I, I would put them in around mid-table so I don't think it's down to just personnel I think it's system and, and, and style of play and obviously if you bring in another defender to, to go with Atkinson Naismith and obviously that third defender I think they're okay they just need to tie up defensively I think the drop points um Dropping points from winning positions last season, they would have been a playoff side had that not been the case, um, or had they 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 loosened that a little bit. So I think a mid-table finish next season for Bristol City is, is certainly on the cards from my perspective. I think that would be the aim, but I struggle to see it happening myself. Right, Justin, let's have a quick break. I think we'll talk about Cardiff to Hull. Back to the second tier podcast. So we're going through each championship team from last season, giving them a grade for the season that they've had, and then looking ahead to what needs to happen this summer and our early predictions for next season. So let's go to Cardiff City then, Justin. What grade have you given them? Uh, I've given them a D plus. Um, <laughs> I, I, I expected them to finish around the playoffs. I've been I was really disappointed, and it could have could have easily been a relegation season given the form under Mick McCarthy and the run of defeats that he had before he was sacked. Steve Morrison came in. Not overly impressed with him, but he did the job that he needed to do and now he's got the opportunity to turn them into the side that he wants them to be this summer. Um, so I think a D plus is is um, 
it's it, yeah, it's, it's the grade that I've given him. As I say, it would have been lower um, had it not been for the brights, the bright spells they had in form um, towards the end of the season. Yeah, I've gone for a D minus. I think they were definitely saved by their January recruitment, weren't yeah. they? Because otherwise, they were looking like they were really struggling. Looking ahead to next season, massive turnover at Cardiff so far, hasn't there? A lot of experienced players going out the door. They've already been quite busy in the transfer market, haven't they? Particularly mm-hmm. looking towards the lower leagues with the likes of Ibu Adams, etc., etc. So, what are you thinking with them? What still needs to happen this summer, Justin? And what are you thinking with them in the Championship next season? Yeah, I think it's been a really good start. I've been really impressed with, with Cardiff so far. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, it's given me a lot of hope for them next season. I don't think there'll be a, a team competing for the top six at this point. But I think if they can aim for sort of a lower mid-table, mid-table finish next season, that'll be a really good um, progression for them, given that the hefty cutting budget they are they are facing this summer. Because you've got to realise as well, the likes of Morrison, Pack, Volks, yeah, these are big players that are, that are departing, and obviously they lost Keith Moore last January. Um, yeah, they, 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 these are big players that are leaving Cardiff that have, that have done a, a really, really big job for them in recent years. So, yeah, this is um, this is a big transition for them. So, if they can get to a mid-table finish next season, that would be good. Still think they need to sign four or five players at the very least. Another two or three strikers wouldn't be a miss either, um, and a creative midfielder. But I've been really pleased with them so far. I cannot disagree anymore Justin wow. I think the, the the players they've let go obviously some of those players needed to go because they've been at the club for a long time and the performances have just they're not at the level they once were but if the likes of Rolls and Volks go as well obviously their contract situations are still up in the air at the moment this Cardiff squad looks a lot weaker for from my perspective and mm-hmm. they've recruited from the lower leagues which I'd be fine with but I think there's a definite lack of experience in this squad now um, losing Aidan Flint I think is surprisingly a bit of a blow for them um, because he's been at least a consistent defender for them last season he's one of the most consistent defenders for them last season um, and then the squad they've got left over is a bit bare um, and I'm a bit worried about them. Of course, they've got plenty of young talent there, the likes of Colwell, the likes of Davis. These are good players who um, they're looking to build the squad around, but you need an added bit of experience there as well. So I am a bit worried about Cardiff at the moment. And Steve Morrison, who did a good enough job last season to keep them up, um, he's still an inexperienced manager and still had plenty of um, moments where I thought, hmm, okay, an experienced manager wouldn't have made the mistakes that he made. So, yeah, I'm not sure about Cardiff. If Gareth Bale comes in, everything changes. <laughs> but <laughs> it, with the squad they've got at the moment heading into this season, a bit worried about them, but there's still plenty of uh, yeah. work that needs to be done in the transfer window for them. Uh, let's go to Coventry City, Justin. What grade are you giving them? I've given them a B plus. Um, it probably would have been an A had they finished a little bit closer to playoffs, but... Don't take anything away from them. They've been absolutely tremendous this season. The the type of football that they've played has been really exciting. They've got, again, it's on a small budget as well. I think it was um, last season's budget was a £4 million loss. Really small squad as well. I think that's something that you really need to take into account with this Coventry City team is not only have they done it with a small budget, they've done it with a small squad as well. Um, I think they've just got four central midfielders at the club. There's Sheaf, Kelly, Allen and Hamer. Um, and they've managed to rotate them enough to keep them fresh. It's been absolutely fantastic, the type of job that that, um, that they've done. Victor Gurkhara's revelation this season, Matty Godden, consistent goal scorer when he's fit. 
yeah, it's been it's been a really really good season. Really really impressed with them, and I it would have been an A as I say had they finished a little bit closer to the playoffs. Yeah, Coventry, I've given them a B minus, and I feel like I'm even being a bit harsher with that because it has just mm. been a miraculous season for them, hasn't it? Of course, it was always going to be a struggle for them to keep up the standards that they set themselves in the first yeah. third of the season. But even then, it's been a remarkable season for them. Heading into next season, um, I can't help but shake the feeling that they're walking a similar path to Luton. And if that is the case, then next season's going to be a wonderful journey for them, isn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. They're going to have to play a blinder in the recruitment side of things. Victor Jokeres has obviously been linked with a move away to plenty of clubs if they keep a hold of him. That'll obviously be be a big boost for them, but I still feel like they need a bit more going forwards, possibly another striker. Um, Left-back needs to be uh, sorted out as well, possibly right-back as well. But overall, you've got a good foundation here for another player of push next season. Mark Robbins is a great manager uh, as well. So, yeah, I'm heading into next season feeling positive about Coventry. But without a doubt, they need to bring in three or four players Mm -hmm. over the coming months, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that's the same of pretty much every team in this division. Is not every not every side has got a complete a complete squad. But you know, if we compare our predictions last season to now, I was worried about Coventry. I expected them to go down. Um, yeah. I expected them to compete. They didn't really sign anybody last summer, and look, they got a mid-table finish. That's absolutely brilliant. I'm really excited for Coventry next season. If they can get in four or five players, as you say, another creative player, wing-back position, left wing-back position, that is, maybe another centre-half as well, possibly another central midfielder because am I convinced with Liam Kelly's fitness? No. Jamie Allen, he's he's, he's a good enough squad player, but I think they need another, another starter in there as well. Yeah, I'm really, really excited with Coventry coming up, um, coming up for next season. Let's go to Derby County, Justin. What grade have you given them? I've given them a B+. Plus. Um, and that's possibly yeah. a bit harsh, but form did dovetail um, in sort of February onwards. Um, the wins became less and less and less, and obviously the away form has been absolutely woeful. Home form is an A, away form an F, um, and that's that's yeah. been the difference between Derby this season. And probably yeah, probably balances out to that. Um, I didn't expect anything from them this season. I expected absolutely nothing. So they outperformed any expectation I had for them because it was basically zero so for them to even be at a level where they were close to escaping relegation I think you've got to take your hats off to them Yeah, I've given them a B as well when you consider the fact that they would have finished well, wherever they have finished they would have finished 17th had they not had the points deduction considering the squad is arguably weaker than it was the season before Yeah is pretty impressive and you've got to take your hat off to the job that Rooney's done. It's always going to be difficult for them to overcome 21-point deduction, won't it? Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that they had a fighting chance of doing it for long part of the season is a great achievement, but obviously it was too much of an obstacle to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, difficult to say how they'll do next season, isn't it, when the takeover's not been done yet. It looks like it's in its final stages now, finally. Um but it's it's difficult to say what Derby County's expectations are when we don't know who's going to be at the club, how much funds there is to bring in new players um, and ultimately what the situation is with Rooney. It looks like he's going to stay, but I don't think it's set in stone yet, is it? No, it's, there's obviously 
everyone's relying on a takeover to be doing that at the time of recording it's still not done even though those they've passed another deadline they set themselves which is just peak derby county at the moment but yeah everything depends on this takeover i think that the positives are nathan Byrne and lee buchanan have had their contracts um extensions triggered so they're at derby for at least another year so they're either going to play play for derby next season or they're going to fetch some form of a fee for the club to to reinvest into the squad which is a positive I think if I think I've said it towards the end of last season, if Derby managed to keep together pretty much four fifths of the squad that they had at the end of the season, they've got a great chance of going straight back up. They'll probably lose some of their star players, the likes of you know Bird, Knight, Bielik, for example. Mm-hmm. But the squad left over is still very good. Um, it's a, it's a decent enough championship squad, let alone a League One squad. So, And they've got Rooney in charge as well, who has clearly made great strides in his managerial development. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'd be feeling positive about Derby. At the moment, it's difficult to say when we don't know who's going to be at the club next season. But if they, as I say, if they manage to keep together the vast majority of the squad, then... League One, they should be looking to finish at least in the top six. Let's go to Fulham. Justin, what grade are you giving them? I've given them an A. Um, probably would have been an A+. plus. Maybe I've been a bit generous as well, um, just because I expected them to hit the 100-point mark, given the football that they've played, the amount of goals that they've scored. Um, they've just they've just drawn and lost too many games for them to be in that, um, in that title-winning sort of club of the Leicester Cities, the Burnleys and and the Reddings. Um, But nonetheless, it's been a really good season. They've met expectation. Um, As I say, the type of football has been absolutely outstanding at times. It's some of the best I've watched at at championship level. Uh, Obviously, they've got a very big budget, which less said the better, just because it makes people irate. But they've just done everything you expected them to do. Yeah, exactly. We expected Fulham to finish in the top two at the start of the season. Yeah. They've gone up as champions, so that deserves an A as far as I'm concerned. So what do they need to do to stay up in the Premier League, Justin? Yeah, the more the more I've thought about it, the more I think they probably need four or five more players. I know I've said in the past that I think that the, the squad is capable of competing, but actually losing the likes of Carvalho is a big issue. Um, Harry Wilson, there are question marks whether he can... Not necessarily repeat his championship form because you know that would make him a borderline Ballon d'Or winner. Um, but uh, but they need players who can pick up that slack. Who you know they're not going to get dual figure assists and goals from Harry Wilson again, for example. So they need other players to come in and and and, and help out. Um, and obviously the right back situation, Nico Williams, is he going to come in or not? They need another centre half as well. So yeah, I think Fulham can avoid relegation, but they're four or five players short for me to to be able to do that. Yeah, but you'd expect Fulham to recruit this summer, wouldn't you? As long as they've got the skeleton uh, core squad of Mitrovic, Wilson, Reid, Tosin, then you're looking at a squad there that you just need to build around that. And if they recruit well and get Premier League players in, then they've got a great chance of staying up. At the moment, I'm 50-50 on whether they stay up. Marco Silva in the Premier League, obviously he's done a fantastic job with Fulham this season, hasn't he? But you look at his record in the past with Premier League sides, he got plenty of plaudits, didn't he? But when you look at how the actual end product was, yeah, his end product record, when you look at it on paper, is a bit sketchy. So 
50-50 on whether Fulham stay up next season. The recruitment needs to be spot on. Obviously, it's not had a great start with the likes of Seri, Carvalho going and Manor Solomon's uh, deal, which was supposedly over the line, but has fallen apart over the past few weeks. Um, yeah, there's still a lot of work that needs to do on, be done on the recruitment side for Fulham, but they don't need to sign a whole new squad of players. They just need, <laughs> you know, five or six new players. And I think mm-hmm. they uh, would be a team to be reckoned with in the Premier League. Huddersfield, Justin, what have you given them? I've given them an A+. Plus. I've been, so have I. Uh, well, we're on the right track today, aren't we? Um, yeah, they've been absolutely fantastic. Again, people, everyone knows this story. People expect them to be relegated or in a relegation battle this season. Um, but Carlos Corbran has delivered with barely a budget. Um, he's been absolutely brilliant. And the, the type of football hasn't been the typical conservative defensive football that is coined with, with certain teams. It has been exciting at times. The press has been exciting as well. Playoff final, absolutely brilliant. Obviously, they were in with a, they're, they're a dodgy call away from from the Premier League. Um, yeah, it's, it's been an outstanding season for Fodersford. You cannot take anything away from them. They finished third. They were the third best team in the Championship last season. Yeah, well, I, I'd say fourth best, personally, just because right. I think Forrest, with the first seven games of the season, which I think you just kind of have to ignore, uh, which Huddersfield fans will disagree with. But they were, of course... Two dodgy decisions away from um, being back in the Premier League. Uh, but I, yeah, I've given them an A plus as well because you look. You only have to look at our league table predictions, Justin. We had Huddersfield right down there, didn't we? And they've ended up being you know where they are in the mm-hmm. table. is unbelievable from Carlos Corban. The turnaround is just unbelievable. Um, but then looking ahead to next season, Justin, what are you thinking? I, I mean, we disagree on this, but I, I, I think Huddersfield can can compete for the playoffs once again. I think, again, they, they probably do need four or five new players. There are there are gaps in the side. I would like to see another goal scorer come in. I don't think... Danny Ward's capable of double figures, um, but they need more goals in their side if they're going to really push on. Um, and, yeah, I think that they'll need another right wing back as well because I think Pippa, um, Pippa's leaving or it's been linked with a move away and possibly another centre-back, obviously, with Colville departing. But they've got a very good foundation there for them to, to, to press again and go again next season. I think they'll definitely need replacements for Colwell and O'Brien. Two players I can't see staying next season. Colwell obviously is on loan anyway, so that seems incredibly unlikely. And I think O'Brien's going to be heading to the Premier League. I think they need a forward option. I'm fine with Danny Wars playing as their main striker next season, but they need another forward who's going to contribute at least double figure goals or you know, put them on a plate for all the other players. They they need yeah, yeah, yeah. they need a brilliant um, player to add to that final uh, final third, um, because they had the, you know Sonani, Holmes. These are solid enough players, but I feel like they need that extra to really be a, 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 a top six team again next season. Because I, I can't see them finishing in the top six next season personally because of the squad uh, because of. Um, it's going to be more convoluted around the top six mm-hmm. next season and Huddersfield ultimately will be weaker because of the players who are going out the door. So yeah, that, that's why I struggle to see Huddersfield repeating the heroics of this season. And finally, Justin Hull, what grade have you given them? I've, they were a difficult one. I've given them, I'm, I'm really toying between a C plus and a B minus. Um, and I think I'm going to edge towards a B minus, and I think the reason why I'm going to do that is because again they've outperformed my expectations for them. And when you consider the fact that you know the, the first month, first three months of the season were a bit of a disaster for for Hull and Grant McCann, um, for them to recover and get into a position where they were 
comfortably enough out of the relegation fight for them to sack Grant McCann and bring in Shotar Valadzi. Um, I think it's been a decent season and as well as that they've been able to progress some really good players Keen Lewis Potter has been absolutely fantastic I know he's he was already a first team regular but he's been able to step up to the championship Jacob Greaves as well McLaughlin they, they've had they've had a good season they've had a good stable season um, and it's given them a good foundation to, to really push on for next next year yeah I've given them a C I think if you offered a whole fan um, avoiding relegation at the start of the season they'd have taken it and that's mm-hmm. ultimately what they've done looking ahead to next season I think Hull are the most difficult team to nail down how they'll do next season just because obviously they have been linked with some big names this summer (laughs) haven't they Justin and until we see who actually comes through the door I don't really know what to expect from Hull I completely agree I think you're you're absolutely spot on um it's it's going to be an exciting summer but I think I think everyone, I think everyone would need to curb their expectations just a little bit. I think a mid-table finish for Hull would be would be a really good second season back in the Championship, just because of how how difficult it has been for them to to, to build in the past. Because obviously the Adams cut the budget every season, so I think they they just need to be pragmatic about things. But that's that's me. I'm, I'm a pragmatic individual. That's how I would run a football club. And obviously if Ilicali comes in and he's he's throwing the checkbook around, then absolutely fair enough. But you're absolutely right. It's really hard to put them in a position just because we don't know who they're going to sign or how much money they're going to spend. Exactly. One concern I have got is I'm not sold at all on Shota Arvaladze at all. Um, you look at the results since he came in, they weren't much better than Grant McCann. They just kind of got over the line, really. But if he's in charge next season with a squad that's been massively refurbished, they keep hold of the likes of Honeymoon, Lewis Potter, Greaves, you've got yourself a very good squad there and they can build up towards a mid-table finish. Whether that satisfies the whole hierarchy, not mm. too sure, because maybe if they do splash the cash, they may be expecting a bit more than just mid-table. But as we say, hard to say how Hull will do next season when we don't know who's going to be coming in through the door. And there we go, ladies and gentlemen, part one of our season grading and early predictions for next season show. So we'll be back on Sunday to give you the rest of the championship from Luton to West Brom. So we look forward to seeing you then. Say goodbye, Justin. Good- goodbye. <laughs> this has been the Second Tier Podcast. <laughs> Um, how do we usually do this? I've completely forgotten. We we say our names and you've completely derailed me here. This is unsettling. Oh my God. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Don't know why I did it like that. <laughs>